Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. Zombies, the undead reanimated corpses that are a staple of a subgenre of horror. In this episode of A Fanboy and the Hater, we have zombies on our brains as we discuss their use in movies, TV, video games, as well as how we would fare in a zombie apocalypse. Mike, what do you think about zombies? This is actually one of those subjects I actually think about a lot. I spend way too much time thinking about what I'm going to do in the zombie apocalypse. And... I don't really know how much it really even has to do with movies or TV shows or anything. I think it's just, uh, wouldn't it be cool if I could just have, you know, unbridled slaughter of all of the people in the neighborhood with no repercussions and nobody bothering me? Yes, exactly. Justifiable homicide. Yeah, because they're already dead. <laughs> and we can come back to this, but yeah, the, the zombie apocalypse has become sort of the major, like, background or story framework for a lot of things not everything but a lot of things zombie and that's usually when me when people mention zombies it usually turns to zombie apocalypse almost immediately mm-hmm. and when you ask people to think of their favorite zombie movies the plot of almost all of them involves the zombie apocalypse right but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves i guess so before we dive into all things zombies as we've mentioned on like some previous episodes, I think it's fair to say neither one of us are really big fans of the horror genre in general. Yeah, not really. Like for me, especially, and, and some people might not even think of, and it depends on what movie or TV show you're talking about. It's not always something that people will think, oh, zombies, horror, but that is generally where it came from originally, especially in the past of TV and movies. And for me personally, I was a kid in the 70s, so when I was growing up, horror movies were really bad. Like, I remember watching, like, black and white movies that were made in the 50s and 60s, and a lot of what we would call B-movies now, like, not really great quality movies, but I never really got, as a little kid, I never really understood why, quote-unquote, horror movies were supposed to be scary, because they were so silly to me. Like, yeah. a lot of, like, monster movies were like, that's just a guy in a really bad costume. Or, oh, that guy just chopped off that other guy's head. That looks so incredibly fake. And I, like, thought, initially, I thought it was supposed to be funny. Until later, someone put it on. I was like, oh, no, it's funny because of how bad it is. But it's actually supposed to be scary. So I never really grasped that. Yeah. And then later, as horror movies started to get made better, it still never got into that, oh, that was scary to me. It just always just became, oh, it looks a little bit less fake, but I know it's not real, so I don't find it scary, so I'm not really interested. Yeah, I think a big part of that for me anyways is, generally speaking, in horror movies, they don't really have the best actors. Yes. And so it's so ridiculously acted that it doesn't it's not scary yeah it's like scream queen type stuff yeah. where it's just like why is the lady yelling like 
she's gonna die it's like it's so incredibly yeah poorly acted bad costuming bad special effects again for me back before movies had better those things but in general even as they started to make better movies i still wouldn't call what they did in a lot of those good acting right yeah (laughs) they got better but yeah it it was difficult to take take them seriously as a form of entertainment at least for me yeah especially when after you've seen a couple of them you kind of go okay something's gonna jump out and grab them in three two one there it is yeah the only thing that vaguely interested me and my friends as kids was horror movies was one of the places that gratuitous nudity was injected quite frequently (laughs) yeah that's that's a big perk (laughs) so that's about the only reason that me growing up as a kid and teenager watched more horror movies than you would think I would. Not because I like the genre, found them scary or entertaining. It's like, hey, we'll get to see some boobs. Yeah. And that was about it. <laughs> For me, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that wasn't part of it. But there's also <laughs> just the creative gore. And that's what I liked about it. It wasn't necessarily the gore itself. It was how creative could they get with the gore. We talk about... You know, what are your favorite horror movies? I always default to slasher movies and especially Friday the 13th because they get really creative with the way they kill. But we're getting beyond ourselves. Horror, like you said, in the 70s was kind of at its height. And that's when zombie movies really kind of started pushing their way through. Now, I guess a little bit earlier than that, it was probably in the 60s. But George Romero kind of started with Night of the Living Dead and then just kind of kept reinventing it. And it just kept catching on and more and more people started making horror-themed zombie movies with ridiculous gore that scary if you think about it, but not really scary to watch because it was so fake, like you said. And for me, for horror zombie movies, I only like them because usually the idea is good. Way better than the actual movie or TV show or whatever it is you're watching. But I like the idea of it to think about, okay, in this situation, what could you do? What would you do? What would work? What wouldn't work? Why is a slow zombie slow? Why is a fast zombie fast? What would happen over time? Those are things I like to think about in these situations. And I've seen at least a handful of horror zombie movies. But I tend to migrate more towards the comedy side of zombie movies, the spoof ones, because I'm much more entertained with comedy and they still have the same ideas. Yeah, I was going to say that just like almost anything horror, in order for me to actually be interested enough to watch it, it usually has to be blended with another genre. It just horror on itself doesn't really appeal much to me, but just a little bit of a Before we jump into that, a few more just general passing thoughts on zombies. I never really thought about this much growing up, but as an adult and thinking about it a bit more about getting ready for this podcast recording, I understand why the general concept of a zombie is potentially scary. Like one of the most common human fears is the fear of death. And another adjacent fear is the fear of dead bodies. And zombies kind of combine those two things together of the fear of death caused by a dead body. So I understand, like, conceptually, the human fear of death and 
fear or discomfort around dead bodies would have sort of like a psychological effect of scaring you if you were like really immersed into it. Again, I really don't like horror for the scary stuff because I don't really find it scary. But that general concept at least is understandable. Yeah. For why why is why does it work and why is it something that people come back to a lot in TV and and movies because of that concept? Yeah, I think my biggest fear for zombies would be the smell. Yeah, and again, that's something you can't really get watching it viscerally on the screen. But yeah, there would be like the decaying bodies and stuff like that. It would make sense if it was real in person that there's a lot of a visceral reaction to the sight and smell of death and decay psychologically works well i just just don't think it works well on tv and movies because you don't you don't get the smell obviously yeah but yeah it just doesn't i understand the concept of why i should kind of find it scary but i don't and i just kind of find it boring unless you combine it like you were saying with another genre the only other sort of adjacent thing to that or other general aspect of it which we can come back to when we talk about the different kinds of zombies is the fear of a horde is the other thing that I usually associate with a zombie movie or a zombie show being overwhelmed by too many attackers. And we're going to get into genres in a second. But like one of the things that's usually like an action trope that's silly is like one guy fighting five guys at once. Mm-hmm. Each one of the five guys takes a turn attacking the one guy one on one. So it's kind of like not really much of a fight. It's sort of like they're patiently waiting their turn. Yeah. Whereas like a horde of zombies is coming at you all at once. So even if that one guy was a really good fighter, really physically fit and had all of the best weapons. Yeah. One on one situations. Yeah. He'd be able to take care of it. But just being overwhelmed by a horde that you can't outfight, And it's like the unfairest fight of all i understand why that concept can be scary yeah and that kind of goes into the whole too of like the manner of death of then like basically eating you to death (laughs) and then also turning you into one of them which is done differently too and, and different stuff so i understand that whole idea of being eaten to death and then dying and then coming back is an undead thing And then whether or not you're aware of what you are, we can get into that later too. But I I understand conceptually why zombies have the potential to be scary to people. And when, to your point on gore, why some shows like The Walking Dead might be scarier than others because they make the gore look more realistic. Mm -hmm. And that might freak people out more. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of like that you brought up the Horde idea, too, because that's actually one thing that the movies tend to do well is, okay, yeah, one-on-one, you might win, but then when you've got, like, four or five, and all you've got is a knife or something like that, you're probably not going to make it, and they're going to surround you, and or, hey, you're, you're focused on these ones over here, and all of a sudden, one shows up behind you, and then they all just pile on top, and you're being eaten alive, and they scream relentlessly the whole time. Yeah. I can see if, if you immerse yourself in it, I can see it being scary. But if you're just sitting and watching, thinking about it being a movie, it's it's more entertaining than scary. And like you were saying before, a lot of times if you watch enough horror movies, the whole, oh, now this is going to happen. One of the downsides with zombies is they're kind of a one-hit wonder. 
you are expecting the, oh, if they bite you, you die, a horror climbs all over you, it scares, like, eh. You see that once or twice, and you're like, eh. Even if it, like, scared you, like, the first couple times you saw it, after a while, it kind of gets, eh. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that really bothers me about it, though, actually, is, okay, you've got... You keep saying that all these the zombie hordes keep multiplying because everybody they kill becomes one of them, but then they eat the person. Like, okay, it doesn't have any flesh left. How is it all of a sudden a full zombie? And yeah, and some different TV shows and movies have also played off of that like differently. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't mean to jump ahead. Like, some like The Walking Dead have been more. I don't want to say we can get into realism later, but yeah, sometimes it's like, what's that point where like they eat too much of a body that even if it's turned, it becomes useless. Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead did that a few times where they had like a couple of zombified things that were just like crawling around on the ground with like one arm and one half leg. So they really weren't much of a threat because they were like, or like there was a big horde of them that were like melted to the blacktop. Exactly. So there, there, there was that, but there's also the whole thing too. Is like if they ate your brain, then could you be? We can get into it, but yeah, it's like it's sometimes, and some shows gloss over that. So yeah, there is that sort of weirdness of there's the horde itself or the zombie itself that can be scary or a plot device, but also the whole well being turned into one and how does that work? And then yeah, that gets a little bit. Again, some movies do it differently, and some TV shows do it differently, but sometimes it's just like, yeah, how bad of a monster could it be if it's mostly eaten by the hoarder? So, I I don't know. It varies by TV show and movie. It really does. And in really the idea of zombies, I think, is best exemplified in video game form. Because, I mean, you can watch a movie, but you know it's going to be done in an hour and a half or something like that, and they're going to figure it out or whatever. But I think the big draw of the idea of zombies is the idea of how do you survive? How would you uh, navigate the world? What would happen? What would it look like? How would your reaction time, how would your ability to maneuver affect you? And I think video games, putting yourself in that world and being like, okay, there you go. Go move around. Go figure it out is really the best form to experience the zombie world. Well, that too in the getting to experiment with different weapons. Yeah. Yep, exactly. But that also feeds well into like the the blend, the genre blending. I want I do want to I do want to come back to comedy cuz that's sort of like my go-to place mm-hmm. for blending horror with anything. But on the video game side, that's one of the other ways that I thought about zombie movies is like blending horror with action mm-hmm. and turning it into and they do it with other things, not just zombies, but other type of monster movies. Like the Resident Evil franchise is the easiest example because it was a video game that they turned into a movie franchise. Right. And whether or not those are good examples of quote unquote zombies, it's still that first person shooter, kill all the monsters before they kill you. Which weapons do you have? Where can you go to get to salvage something that you might be able to use? How are you going to survive? And then that turns it into much more of a, an action movie and a more active experience. Whereas the slowly being chased by the undead, the yeah. George Romero classic, slowly being chased by a bunch of slow-moving, moaning zombies, it gets boring after a while. Whereas you're just the characters are trying to run away, but in like the action movie motif, yeah, you're trying to how do I survive? How do I kill these things? Yeah, makes it at least more interesting, right? And that's like I said, it perfectly blends into video games. But then you get 
stuff like the TV shows that were, you know, like Walking Dead, which is an obvious example based off comic books. And I think the reason that got so popular was just the, the long term. Okay. Usually when we're looking at watching these movies, the outbreak happens and it takes place over a few days and then it's resolved. And the Walking Dead went, oh, no, no, no. We're going to look at it over the course of like 15 years. What does it look like at the beginning? What does it look like after a few months? What does it look like after a few years? How does the zombie threat change over that time? How does the human threat change over that time? And I just think it's a very interesting concept, the way that they look at it and the way that they approach it. And I would call that blending horror with trauma because yeah, that's for sure. more, more like storytelling, more character development, more psychological thrill- thriller. So more to it other than just like, again, TV show versus a movie. And a movie is like weird reason zombie apocalypse happens, fight off the monsters. It can be drawn out a little bit more in a TV show like The Walking Dead. So that was part of, I think, what you had said is a good reason why that was maybe popular also again what i mentioned earlier they did a really good job with the effects and stuff the zombies looked different they looked scarier they had different various stages of decay various characters that were missing arms and legs they did a lot of creative things other than just sort of a generic zombie type thing yeah that they were able to do that made it more interesting the other thing that's was kind of interesting about The Walking Dead is one of the other motifs of zombie things is this friend versus foe. So you may have like a group of people who are trying to survive and then there's always this thing, oh, if you get bitten or you get scratched or something like that, you can turn into a zombie. So someone who your foe is the zombie, but then if a friend of yours gets scratched or bitten, then they can become... A zombie, so do you kill them before they turn? And then they can play up a little bit more of the psychological aspect, especially they usually make it like the girlfriend or the boyfriend, the husband, wife, or kid or something, where it would be more psychologically difficult for the humans to kill the human that's supposed to turn into a zombie. Or inevitably, you got the one person that gets scratched or bit and they hide it. They put their sleeve over it and don't want to tell anybody. And then, of course, when everything, when shit's hitting the fan, they suddenly turn. And in different things, there's also like in some TV shows and movies, it's like instantaneous that they turn into a zombie. And other things that happen slowly. Yeah. That also plays up into that, too, in terms of whether or not. I don't think this is a spoiler. I'm not giving away anything here. Well, maybe I am. In The Walking Dead, there was like one early thread or one early plot point of as soon as you die, even if you didn't get scratched or bitten, you would become a zombie. Yeah. Because the virus had had become so pervasive. I think that might have been like a season one, season two thing that the CDC guy says, oh, it doesn't really matter. if When you die, you're going to become a zombie. I think that was a little bit later. I think it was like four or five or something, but... Eventually, that became one of the plot points of it. So it's not just a matter of, oh, you got bitten, you die of natural causes, you turn into a zombie. So every corpse had to be basically treated as a potential enemy. They've gone around like different genre or whatever. Sometimes it's a natural virus or a man-made virus or a bacteria or a fungus or some sort of magic or whatever it is. And I think the one area where they get very creative is, okay... 
if this is what makes you a zombie, then how would those zombies act? That's also another one of those genre-crossing lines for me. That's where it gets more into science fiction. Because like you said, early on, zombie, some, I don't know, science fiction slash fantasy, paranormal, supernatural thing, I don't know. Early on, it was more like magic or some other weird thing. And even in like the original like George Romero movies, I think they even said like space radiation created the yeah. zombies. So he's like kind of like a sci-fi thing. So some some shows and movies lean into it more. The most obvious ones is when they make it a virus. So it's like a bio. A lot of times, like in Resident Evil, it's like a biological weapon gone wrong. Right. So it's turned into, and then then that also brings in the whole of is there a cure? Can we make a cure? So it becomes like biological science fiction. And then that starts to get into, again, it's still horror, but by bringing in those other elements, they bring other potential story ideas in, and it makes it possible that other stuff could happen. Yeah. Well, and I think I, you know, obviously when we first hear about zombies, you're, you're probably thinking like Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead and stuff like that. And we're used to seeing, like, like you said, the slow-moving parts falling off of them and they're just like dragging their feet along after you really slowly. But then all of a sudden you hit something like, I think it was for me, I think it was 28 days later. And then later world war Z where they introduced the fast zombies that just run full speed and they're super strong and everything like that. And I'm like, Whoa, where did this come from? That's actually scary to me. Because in my head, you know, a slow zombie, you could slowly take them out. You could kind of take your time. You could get away from them. But a fast zombie like that, there's there's no way. Because one of my biggest problems with zombie movies is how does it spread so quickly? Especially if they're so slow. And it seems like you almost, in a movie anyways, you have to make it so that nobody has any idea what a zombie could possibly be in order for it to spread that quickly. Because if you have any idea what a zombie could be, it's not going to spread that. People are going to be like, oh crap, that guy's eating that guy. Oh crap, that guy's eating that guy too. I'm going to go get inside and shut the door. And they're not, it's not going to be able to spread as quickly. And you, they'd be able to kind of go through and wipe out the zombies that are there. Not really an issue. And then you got the issue of like the zombies crawling out of the ground you know, that they've been dead for a hundred years, but somehow didn't decompose and somehow crawled through six feet of dirt, like tons, literal tons of dirt and somehow crawled through that to get out. Yeah, it, it's done differently at different TV shows and movies. Sometimes they just jump way too far into the future. Zombie apocalypse happened. But like you said, how did this happen? But it also falls into sort of the how do you kill a zombie? Like in some of the things, it's like, well, they they, they were dead, so they killed them they thought they were dead then they came back to life again and then that's how they attacked people so yeah it doesn't and a lot of things that's why i think it the genre is generally shifted to the virus idea mm-hmm. because that was a little bit more understandable to a certain extent because if it was literally like a a zombie has to bite you or scratch you to turn you into a zombie you would think it would take not only a really long time for that to happen but that eventually they would be able to stop it. The idea of it wiping out the entire world that way. In some TV shows and movies, it's just like, in a lot of other things, just accept it. We're telling you that this story, yeah. some unexplained thing happened, boom, the world is gone. The whole like post-apocalyptic fiction genre too 
that zombies have slid into with the with the zombie apocalypse idea. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just like, it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That was one thing I really liked about World War Z, though, is they made it believable that it would spread that quick. With, with the way that they moved and how strong they were, and that made me think, oh, okay, that would be scary, and I would be dead very quickly. Yes. So some things put more time and effort into making it believable. So World War Z was, was an example of that and how they made that. And then 28 days later, initially, it was just the UK that was infected and then it spread to other parts of the world mm. and the sequels and stuff like that. So yeah, some TV shows and movies try to play, and some just say, oh, just forget about it. The, the apocalypse happens. Almost everybody is dead. And, and then it's almost uh, very few humans are left and they have to figure out a way to survive and they can't or something. So yeah, they kind of push past that a bit in some things. And then again, I think the shooting them in the head, destroying the brain type of thing also is probably the most common way mm-hmm. to get rid of a zombie. Plus also the sometimes it's different that the zombies are trying to eat brains, whereas they're just trying to eat the entire body. That seems to drift too. Well, I think when people started thinking about it, they realized that eating brains didn't make sense because if you didn't have a brain, you wouldn't be able to be animated. And... The idea with the zombie, at least now anyways, is that the brain is still functioning on basic levels and that desire to feed is there. And that's how they're up moving around. And that's why you talk about like, oh, they're super strong and super fast. How is that possible? It's like, oh, because a normal human, once they reach a certain point, they start to feel pain knowing that they're overdoing it and stop. Whereas a zombie isn't going to have that. They're just going to keep pushing. And that's where zombies actually get kind of scary when you think about it is at that point but again if you don't have a brain what's telling your body to move right shooting them in the head to destroy their brain so that they're dead dead so that they can't come back is probably the most common thing yeah but i was talking about the so in some movies zombies are literally trying to eat brains which if they're doing that then they're not creating other zombies to your point but in other TV shows and movies, they're just trying to eat people, eat living flesh. They're not mm-hmm. just going after the brain. But like you said, it, then you get that whole feeding versus making more thing. And unless you have the making more thing go crazy, then you can't have the apocalyptic thing. That's why like some of them, will they, they only eat the body until they die and then they stop because now it's dead. Yeah. So yeah, it, it varies. But back to your point about the slow versus fast this is also one of those things again for me where it drifts not just into more believable science fiction but more interesting to watch more more dramatic or more action movie thing like the the slow zombies i mean walking dead does a good job of showing situations how slow moving zombies in a large enough horde a, a large enough ratio between number of zombies versus human survivor can still be incredibly dangerous if there's enough of them and only one of you. Right. But a lot of times, like you said, as long as you had enough space and you could run away and have weapons, you might be able to... Or get them in like a funnel and funnel them down to one-on-one. Right. Something like that. Or again, get a good place to hide that they can't break into or something like that. So you set up sort of a a way to... Not to skip over to the smart, because that's the other sort of... I want to talk more slow, fast for a second, but the other thing that... The slow zombies are also usually dumb. I don't want to jump ahead, but not only are they slow, but like they they don't like 
think strategically. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they walk into a wall or a fence, they don't, like, start to look, oh, just walk around the fence or walk around the obstacle. They get stuck and they don't know how to get someplace as opposed to having some semblance of intelligence, which right. we can get to in a moment. But my whole thing about fast zombies were more scary, like you said, but they also make a lot of the movements more interesting because, it, like, it's a scarier threat. It's a... Uh, coming at you it's more believable but it also makes the pace of a movie pick up or a tv show pick up so it's a little bit more again i guess action movie video game style shoot 'em up type things but it helps move it along for me mm-hmm. so i guess i have a general preference for fast zombies because it makes it more active the only thing about the slow zombies that can kind of make things interesting which i think is the Walking Dead, I hate to keep using that as an example, because I have seen a lot of TV shows and movies with zombies in them, but The Walking Dead is a good example of, of several things. The thing that it brings to mind me is the... In The Walking Dead, I would argue that the bad guys are not the zombies, they're the humans. It transfers to that pretty quickly, yeah. Because that's one of the other things that happens in the post-apocalyptic anything, whether it's zombie apocalypse or otherwise. It's the the few remaining surviving humans turn on each other and they end up becoming more dangerous in a sense because they are smarter and ruthless and they can actually set traps and do things and go from friend to foe without having to be turned into a zombie. And I think the slow zombies allows you to play with that a little bit more because then you could be more concerned or have to be more concerned about the humans that are around you as well. Whereas the fast zombies, it's like yeah. you really have to stay focused on the zombies. Yeah, with slow zombies, it's more they're just like a background threat, like a danger that's always there that you got to deal with sometimes. But they're not the main threat. Right. I mean, we've seen again in The Walking Dead how some of the human characters who wanted to get rid of other human characters set them up to be killed by the slow zombies. Mm-hmm. Sacrificing them. The whole like old joke of like... You know, you don't have to outrun the zombies or to, to change the cliche. It's usually about a bear, but you don't have to outrun the zombies. You just have to outrun the slowest human. Right. And that's been used on The Walking Dead and other shows as well, but also sort of just, or sometimes instead of being sacrificed, someone makes a self-sacrifice and like draws the zombies off so that the others can get away. But that element can get played up a bit more with i think the the slow zombies versus the fast yeah and and to to bring that back i think those are the interesting elements that the comedy version of zombie movies really like to play on and play off of to make those like Shaun of the dead probably one of the best zombie movies there is zombie land was fantastic warm bodies i think was underrated i liked that one a lot too yeah, well, if I think when I when I go and go back to genres, that's when people ask me my favorite zombie movies. I usually say Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland, which are primarily comedies. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's again going back to horror in general. If it's a comedy, then I'll watch it. Like we did the Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which was a slasher comedy thing. So that was that's usually the genre that will get me to to watch it, and that's usually my go to for. For picking anything horror if it's horror plus comedy mm-hmm. so yeah Shaun of the dead is 
I mean, I'm a big Simon Pegg, Nick Frost fan. But yeah, Shaun of the Dead is really good. I really enjoyed the first Zombieland movie. The second one was okay. It was it was funny, but it wasn't quite as good as the first one. Yeah. What was your first introduction to zombies? Do you remember? I actually, as a kid, did actually watch Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was stupid. Again, I, I, as a kid, I didn't really understand the whole fear of death and why that would be scary. It was just... To me, again, it, it just looked dumb. It was a black and white movie. And it's just like, it, I can tell it's fake. It just doesn't scare me. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think that probably was the first zombie thing that I ever saw. And I never really found that scary or all that interesting. And then it wasn't until later that I would even think of it. I mean, there was like an explosion of zombie stuff in the 90s and then in the 2000s. But early on, I'd say before the 1990s, most of the zombie stuff I saw was old movies like George Romero's movies like Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. How about you? What was the first zombie thing you saw? It's hard to say how I even learned about zombies initially, but the first real experience I remember was actually the video game Zombies Ate My Neighbors. The idea behind that one was like basically the neighborhood is full of zombies and you could kill them with water. So you had a squirt gun, but you had to like refill the squirt gun before you ran out and you like, and then you get like water balloons or something like that. And eventually you get other weapons that would work, but it was a stupid, but fun game back then. And then actually, I think most of my experience actually was from video games. Cause then I remember resident evil came out and I remember, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite, we were, we were teenagers and my friend was playing, Resident Evil, and I was uh, sleeping at his place, and he was laying down on his stomach playing the game, and I was kind of sitting behind him, and there's a recurring thing in that game where sometimes you'll kill the zombie, and it'll be laying there, and as you walk past it, it'll come back to life and grab you, and he was really freaking, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and he was freaking out, like slowly going past this dead zombie, and I just like reached over and bit his leg, and he... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he screamed so loud. <laughs> it was fantastic. And then uh, I guess later, um, some other game. Like, I mean, there's that classic House of the Dead video arcade game. We played that a lot all the time in the arcade uh, where you had little plastic guns and you're shooting zombies going around. Dead Island I played a bit, but not as much. Yeah, I guess when I mean, I I only vaguely remember those games, but like I, I never really differentiated i just like it's you're shooting monsters i never really thought of they're zombies yeah they're just things they're monsters you're shooting like a typical pretty much video game thing so i never really put much thought into it even like we were preparing for this and i remember like the resident evil film franchise it's like oh yeah i guess that's sort of zombies i never but I, i didn't really think of it though when i watched the movies or anything but it's like it's like i guess that counts yeah well really the Resident Evil movies were weird because they ended up moving away from the regular zombies and going to like large mutated zombies real quickly, uh, in which they did that in the game too. But the game was very, it was probably the first video game that I remember seeing that was very like visceral. Like you would see them hovering over eating a body as you snuck up behind or as you turned a corner or something like that. And then they would look over and see you and coming at you or whatever where it was very, very evident that they were zombies. Uh, But yeah, other ones, it's like, I knew what zombies were, and I knew I was fighting zombies, but it didn't matter if it was a zombie or an alien or whatever. 
doesn't really matter. I don't think I really ever really watched any zombie movies until I was much older. Yeah, same here. It's like there were a whole, I mean, they didn't all come out at the same time. But like I, when I think back through, it's like obviously like Resident Evil, which also made a lot of movies. You know, Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, 28 Days Later, 28 mm-hmm. Weeks Later. I mean, there's been a, a fair number of them, like we mentioned, World War Z and stuff like that. I, I saw a lot of those movies, if not all of them, but it's like, it's just, it was just, again, I don't know. I still, if you ask me to think about zombies, I still fall back to Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland. Yeah. And I haven't seen a lot of those other movies before. And and sometimes it was this matter of, again, the genre did a pretty good job of not, I don't want to say reinventing itself, but trying to do some different things. Mm-hmm. Like the boring way of how people get turned into zombies. Like I, one of my favorite scenes in like 28 days later is the scene where a guy gets turned into a zombie cause he, a drop of blood, he's like underneath a bridge and he looks up and a drop of blood falls down into his eye and that turns him into a zombie. Yeah. So not like he didn't get attacked. He didn't get scratched. He didn't get bitten. He just looked up at the wrong time and zombie blood fell directly into his eye and he got infected that way. So I, I like when there were like little like creative ways to change things like that. Yeah, something that made it a little more plausible. Made it a little bit more plausible. Again, the whole science fiction biological component. But something that was a little bit different than the whole, oh, bye, scratchy thing. Yeah, yeah. That made it a little bit more interesting to me. Again, The Walking Dead will always... I, I, I grew tired of The Walking Dead. I think I probably stopped watching after seasons five or six or something i just got tired of the show but i did appreciate the fact that the zombies looked much better yeah again they didn't look like crappy b-movie characters and i liked the the drama and the the psychological stuff and the human versus human thing so i like those elements i just eventually just got tired of the show after a while but i thought it did a pretty good job of elevating the the zombie appearance and again at this point it was like 2010 or something so obviously tv and movie making technology was also a lot better as well but they were able to make things a lot more visceral and more believable and i thought that that made it more interesting yeah and like i had mentioned before the whole then you had the whole idea of when characters got turned when do you kill them and then having them come back or you have like 30 seconds to cut off their arm before it infects them completely. Yeah, something like that. Or then the whole thing of like some generic stranger charging at you as a zombie, not going to be a big deal. But then, you know, your wife comes at you or your brother or right. something, you have to put down. That just added an element that made it more interesting. So it got a little bit more psychological. So I liked it from from that perspective. But I guess got very bored and, and quickly moved on yeah you st- you kept watching you have you seen all of it I yeah mean, it, it's not it's not over yet is it uh no they're about to start back up again to finish off the final season before it transfers over to whatever the next one's going to be i actually so when it got started the girlfriend I was, I was seeing at the time she was watching it and like she would watch it while i was working and i worked from home so i could kind of hear what was happening i would I would peek over every once in a while to see what was going on in the first couple seasons, and I thought it was stupid. And then, kind of like what you were saying about, you know, it's tough to kill them when you know them. It was the the part when they had them in the barn, 
Like it was Herschel's farm and they had all of them in the barn. They're like, no, we don't want to kill them. We know them. And that was when I was like, huh, well, that's kind of interesting. And then it wasn't until probably the third, third or fourth season that I started going, okay, this is kind of interesting. Then I started over and started from the beginning. So I knew what was going on. And there was quite a bit of a lull for a little while about the time you probably stopped watching it. But then it kicked back up again. It's been, it's been a lot more interesting again because they keep like it's, every couple seasons they kind of reinvent what the dangers would be and what types of humans would come out of it. You know, you get you get your Negans with their group, you get the governor with his group, but then now you've got the Whisperers, which is a whole different idea, and it just stays creative even even as repetitive as it is it stays creative and that's the show that probably is rightfully it focuses on the survivability aspect what's the best way to survive yeah. a zombie apocalypse would probably be the focal point of that show i would say and they look at a lot of different options and and how it happened and how it could fail did they ever actually get around to saying whether or not there was a cure yes Okay, because that's one of the other things that's sometimes missing or not missing from other shows is whether or not, <laughs> not just about surviving, but like, can they survive by curing the zombie thing? So that came up? Yeah, it, well, I guess spoilers if you're not caught up on Walking Dead, but yeah, it that must have happened right after you stopped watching, where basically it came up to where he was like, oh yeah, I I was just lying so that you would p protect me. So is that where it was left? So there is actually no cure? Correct. Oh, okay. Because there have been some other things. I can't, it's been such a long time since I saw World War Z. Was there a potential cure in that? Yeah, there was. And that's where it ended. I think there was supposed to be a sequel to that. But then they never made it, I think. And there have been a few in the 28 Days Later franchise. Maybe it was in 28 Weeks Later. And in a few other things, um, like... I barely remember the movie, but there's a movie called The Girl with All the Gifts, where there was like a girl that was kind of like not immune, but like asymptomatic. And there was also an asymptomatic character in 28 weeks later. I mean, they got infected with the zombie virus, but they didn't turn into a zombie. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to use them as like a template. And then in also both of those movies, there were like these hybrid human zombies that were only zombies part of the time like if they got hungry they became zombies but otherwise they were normal humans so there was sort of like an in-between type of thing kind of like i zombie and well i was going to go to i zombie at the end eventually because that kind of brings a lot of these different elements together so there have been some of that but in most of the things i've seen they just fall short of there's a way to cure it but they don't really go all the way to that yeah. in a lot of uh movies which I guess, because then it basically there's no more story, I guess, but. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's actually where iZombie got really interesting to me, was the idea of, oh, yeah, we can get a cure, but you don't want to have to do what you have to do to get that cure. Well, that plus, it also, iZombie maybe is a good pivot to another sort of, it's another blended genre thing, because it's not just horror and drama and comedy. It also is a criminal procedural show. And it's sort of the brain of the week, murder of the week being solved type of thing, which I would argue is where iZombie was good. Some of its overarching storylines were not very good or disappointing, at least for me. But they did a couple of things that were, again, I don't have a vast knowledge of all things zombie. But one of the things that was somewhat unique was the idea that 
zombies could stay self-aware and intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like, you could be a zombie, but you still are a person. You're undead, but you still have your personality. You still can communicate and talk and act like a human. Like, they had people would go to a tanning salon so they didn't look pale and dye their hair so it wasn't obvious that they were a walking corpse. Yeah. So not and not a lot of things, at least in my knowledge, do once you become a zombie, you're just a full-on monster, other than those hybrids that I talked about right. in those other movies. Here they actually got to, which was the other thing that kind of made zombies too one-dimensional for me, is like once people became zombies, they became unable to do anything. They couldn't talk. They couldn't like have any other motivation other than becoming a mindless eating monster. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I zombie, they were still a person. They needed to eat brains to stay normal, quote unquote normal. And they even and one of the things that's great about iZombie, they reference most of zombie lore. So they talked about a zombie who went without brains for too long went full Romero. So a reference to the mm-hmm. you know the George Romero original movies, meaning that it's become that mindless killing machine zombie. And once they get to that point, they're at past the point of no return. Right. But until then, as long as they ate brains on a regular basis, they got to retain who they were. So that was one thing. The other thing that was kind of different, as far as I understand it, they also became kind of like superhumans. Like, they could get shot and badly injured, but then they could just heal. Yeah, the healing part was weird. Yeah, the healing part, I, for, as far as I know, was kind of different. It was almost more vampiric in a way. Because, like, yeah, they could get hurt. Like, severe injuries would be healed. There was even like a thread that happened at one point in the show, which was kind of sort of interesting that they kind of ran with that idea that terminally ill people intentionally became zombies to save their lives. Yeah. Because once they were turned into a zombie, so someone dying of cancer turns into a zombie, they don't have cancer anymore. So that became kind of interesting, but it was also weird at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's many other zombie things that had that yeah probably not but but also there's not really many world building zombie franchises or whatever you want to call it i thought it was an interesting concept of oh because you can still be sentient as a zombie in that that world why wouldn't you if you were terminally ill just become a zombie and i think what you were saying about it being a procedural that was actually the least interesting part of it for me because I get so bored with those. Yeah, again, because you don't like criminal procedurals. I do. It's so repetitive. It drives me nuts. But for me, that showed their acting ranges. And that's what kept me interested in it. Because it wasn't just uh, the same person solving the same kind of crime again. It was, oh, I need to solve this crime so that I need to eat the victim's brain so we can figure it out. But then they become or they get the personality of that person. That was the other thing that was different. They, yeah. they inherited the personality, the skills. Yep. Like, you know, the ability to speak a different language, the ability to know Kung Fu, that type of stuff. So that was the other thing that was interesting. The eating the brains didn't just sustain them, but also gave them, like you said, the memories that they needed to solve the murder, but also the personalities, which let you said, like you said, they got the play off of the acting of, mm-hmm. oh, you're a 
whatever, pathological liar this week, or you're a uh, an assassin or something like that, or you know kung fu, which allowed them to make a lot of pop culture references and stuff, but that was also different. And then also that sort of like ongoing storyline of like, which again, it was interesting, like one of the bad guys starts turning people into zombies so that he could basically get them to pay him money so that he would provide them with brains so that they wouldn't have to kill people to eat. So he created a business for himself, but then he also created like a luxury menu where like people want to like, oh, I want to eat the brain of an astronaut so I can experience yeah. the memories of what it was like to go in space or having people who were had good memories that you wanted to have by eating their brain. So again, they ran with it in very different directions than your typical zombie-esque horror yeah. type thing, which was both interesting, but also weird in a way that not all of the ideas were fully developed and really went in interesting places story-wise. But it was different. Yeah. Did uh, did you ever watch Warm Bodies? I don't think I saw it. So the idea of that one was that the zombies are actually sentient, but they can't verbalize or anything. So like they could oh. think, but they just couldn't really stop themselves from really doing what they were doing or anything like that. And they couldn't vocalize what they were thinking. And then basically this one zombie sees this girl that's alive and like basically falls in love with her and starts like protecting her from the other zombies and stuff like that. And then eventually, like, working with her and, and, and stuff, he slowly starts to learn how to talk again. And and then he starts kind of teaching other zombies how to talk again. But then there's, like, super zombies, like, kind of like other ones where if, if like, an iZombie, if you haven't eaten for a while, all of a sudden you, you just kind of turn that corner of being absolutely insane, kill everybody and everything, and super fast. But before you get to that point... You were kind of sentient. And I thought it was a very interesting concept, but it was also a comedy. So it kept your interest as well because it wasn't as action-y. Uh, yeah, I about to say, that sounds vaguely familiar. I don't remember if I saw it or not. That was the other sort of angle that one last point I wanted to say about iZombie was they played up with the idea of the smart zombie thing. That once you went full Romero... I don't know if you weren't sentient anymore, but you weren't able to, to do regular thinking. So, like, they had one scene where they, like, had, like, a, a, a full-on Romero zombie chained to a wall and, like, a brain just out of reach. But they, like, put, like, a something that they could have picked up, like, a tool that they could have used to grab the brain and get the brain. But the zombie wouldn't do that. And they were like, look, the thing's too stupid. It can't figure out what to do. So, yeah. it, there was a point where you got to the point where they were not smart anymore. Yeah. Whereas if they were smart, not only in that show, they was because they were intelligent and they were people, but a smart zombie that was still a zombie probably would be the scariest zombie, I would think. Because even if they're not fat, slow fasting, like even if they're just like normal human speed, being able to like outthink you or stuff like you, oh, you barricade the front door. So they did go around to the back of the house and try to get in the back. Oh, you barricade that door. They climb up to the second level and go in through the window. Or so I mean, they're, the fact that they would be more scary if they were actually able to think. I don't know if there have been any examples of that. Again, I haven't. It's been a while since I've watched some of the movies and TV shows we're talking about. Have there been smart zombies? Yeah, kind of. I know. I just watched actually this morning. It was Day of the Dead Bloodline. And it was kind of, uh, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a sequel or a remake or a reimagining or whatever of Day of the Dead, but 
that one there was like one person that had uh some sort of weird thing with his blood with antibodies so where he was his brain and heart and a couple other organs were still alive but the rest of him was dead and so he was able to actually think and like hide in a closet or crawl through a vent or whatever in order to like get what he was going after and that that really got me thinking about it so it was like okay so slow zombies scary but defeatable fast zombies survivable possibly but probably gonna overwhelm and, and kill everything but smart zombies they're undefeatable basically because they could infect quickly and intelligently and plan and set traps and like you were saying find ways into the buildings they don't get tired they don't need to sleep whatever they don't need water that's the scariest one for me use tools and weapons themselves exactly yeah put a helmet on yeah exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is again not to keep coming back to iZombie but I mean iZombie did have the benefit of making they referenced not all but a whole bunch of other zombies which was also one of the things that was interesting about iZombie zombies they referenced all of the other movies it's like oh you mean like you know, Night of the Living Dead or Zombieland. So people in that universe thought zombies were not real. They were just like on TV and in movies. Mm-hmm. And there was a TV show inside the TV show called Zombie High. So the whole idea of, oh, it was like this or like that. So they could borrow from a lot of other genres and come up with sort of ways of, oh, well, what if it was like that movie, but the zombies knew how to do this? kind of made it interesting. Mm-hmm. And on, on that sort of smart zombie thing, again, the character Blaine in the show, who basically was like, he turned you know, rich people into zombies so he could blackmail them so that they would pay him a lot of money. Or if they needed to influence a politician, they scratch a politician and turn him into a zombie. It's like, well, you have to do what I want because otherwise you're going to starve to death not having any brains. So that was the more strategic smart zombie that would be more interesting or, or potentially more scary. Yeah. Yeah, if you're telling a long-form story, that definitely puts another wrench in the works. That something else to think about. Plus the whole idea, too, again, of they had the cure that wasn't necessarily a good thing. Because, like, there was a part of the cure which was a temporary cure, but eventually killed you. And then it was also the whole thing of not everybody who was a zombie wanted the cure. Because, again, since the zombies were sentient in that universe, it was basically a form of immortality that people wouldn't die of natural diseases or if they were disabled or dying of cancer, they could cheat death by becoming a zombie. Well, let me ask you this. Would you survive a zombie apocalypse? Hell no. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It wouldn't even matter what kind of zombie it was. Slow, fast, smart, no. Because, I mean, I have zero survival. Forget zombie apocalypse. If you took me out into the middle of the forest with some basic survival gear, I'd be dead in a week. Not even with a zombie apocalypse. I have no natural survival (laughs) skills at all. That's true. (laughs) You'd get attacked by a feral cat and die. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'd trip and fall down a hill and break my neck or something. Yeah, I would be gone. Zombies don't even need to be entered into the equation. I would have absolutely no hope. Yeah. 
I think I'd do pretty well until the first winter. I think I could survive for a while. The only way I'm surviving long term is if I get out to a friend's farm or something like that. And they they're growing crops and I'm protecting them from the zombies because I, I have zero farming ability. Yeah, that, that's the, the thing that's interesting about some of the shows. It's like yeah, the ini- the initial survivability, you need to be able to have some type of survival skills, combat skills, availability and access to weapons and stuff like that. But once you survive that initial phase, then you get into the more quote-unquote normal survival things, which a lot of people in the contemporary world would, would die because, again... Who knows how to farm? Who knows how to, mm-hmm. you know, make basic medicines? Who knows basic medical care? So there's a lot of things that are part of the civilized world that go away yeah. <laughs> in the post-apocalyptic scenario, which would eventually end up killing people off. Yeah, basically, the first kind of year, year and a half would be scavenging while you're setting up a camp. And then once the camp's set up and you start growing food, you can start. I mean, eventually the scavenging isn't going to work anymore because you're going to run out. So you got to be able to sell, set up to basically self-sustain, and I don't, I couldn't do that. I, like I said, for, first winter, once I run out of being able to scavenge, I'd be gone. Yeah, I think the best strategy would probably be to invade and occupy a Walmart. I'd say Menards or Menards or something like that, so that you can have access to a lot of food. A lot of supplies, guns and ammunition. You know what? Actually, yeah, Walmart might be better because the reason I would say Menards is because you have more availability of tools and, you know, materials. And Menards, for those who since might not be in the Midwest, it's like a, a Home Depot. Yeah, but they have a grocery section too. They do. not. Yeah, they do. Not quite as good. Yeah. But yeah, Walmart's probably a more generic than anyone probably knows what yeah. that is. But yeah. But like a, Walmart would have more available food. So you'd be able to have food for longer while still having some materials and tools. Not good ones, but they're there. Right. So you would have access to, or maybe, I don't know, maybe an entire shopping mall. (laughs) So you would have like a sporting goods store and food stores and pharmacies and stuff like that. But again, eventually you're going to run out of stuff. Yeah. The other thing I really like about my idea about Menards though is there's a lumberyard in the back that's always fenced in. So you have open space, open outdoor space with a lot of the lumber to be able to build fencing, additional fencing and reinforcing and a bunch of space to be able to start maybe trying to grow crops. Yeah, as long as you don't have like the scary World War Z zombies that not only were they fast, but they were smart enough to like use themselves as a zombie ladder. Yeah. So they could climb up a wall and over a fence. (laughs) (laughs) Then you just basically be screwed. Right. But yeah, like the more normal, slow, or at least dumb zombies that would just try to brute force through a fence or a barricade, yeah. you'd have a better chance at that. That was one thing also, again, going back to Walking Dead that I liked, was they brought in the idea of, okay, yeah, you may have a good, solid chain link fence, but if there's enough zombies on the other side pushing, it's eventually going to give in. So you have to regularly clear the fence. And then do something with the bodies or eventually they're going to stack up. Or even when they made like barricades that had like pikes on them that were like at chest level or waist level. And like the dumb zombies just impaled themselves by walking straight onto it. And then you went through and you basically finished them off. But then you had to clear that off so that the next bunch of zombies would come in and 
and pale themselves, which again was sustainable as long as the horde didn't get too big. Yeah. But no matter how good the perimeter defenses were, the supply thing always comes back, not just in that show, but in general. Eventually, you're going to need food, medicine, access to fresh water. Depending upon what part of the country or world you're in, the winter could be, could kill you or could not. Yeah. Being on, on an island is one of the other things that you see in some TV shows and movies where they try to make it to an island so that there's at least a natural boundary of water and maybe more defensible. Yeah. But yeah, long-term survivability is always going to be... I think long-term survivability in those scenarios comes back to, is there a way to, to cure yeah. uh, the zombies? Or like 28 weeks later, the follow-up to 28 days later... They showed how it was relatively contained to the UK, and then they tried to create a safety zone and start to rebuild infrastructure and bring in supplies from other parts of the world, and then slowly start to retake the the UK, and then and then all hell breaks loose again. But you would need some without having that reinflux of supplies and stuff like that. You would eventually yeah. not be able to survive long term. My plan was. From here, because we're in the city, was get over to Menards, barricade in there, use the materials and supplies there to kind of reinforce a vehicle, probably a cube truck or something if there's one there. Load up with the like fencing type supplies and, and seeds, because that's another thing that's at Menards is seeds. Ah, good point. And load up all of those materials, everything I can into that. And then once I'm good to go on that, you know, give it time for eventually it'll slow down a little bit. And then uh, take that barricaded vehicle, run that up to a buddy's farm, and then just start kind of build, you know, take that fencing, fence it in, and then kind of slowly migrate that out to make a little more room to be able to farm more from there. Would you take in wayward survivors? Like, would you take in outsiders? Like, humans, not zombies. Yeah. You would? Yeah. Why not? More The more people, it's more mouths to feed, but it's also more hands to help. Well, that was going to say, that's sort of like the, the double-edged sword of the survivability there. It's like, yeah, more people to help you build things and defend the perimeter and counterattack against the zombies, but more people that will consume the food and the water and the medicine supplies. Yeah. And then eventually it comes down to, like, again, like we see on The Walking Dead of humans fighting other humans over limited supplies or humans attacking some human set up a a good compound and instead of trying to ask for help attack and take it over and kill the people and take their stuff, (laughs) which I think is very realistic. That's one of the, I I got tired of the show, but I I did like the realism of, again, it's not just the zombies are not the only enemy. Eventually human nature becomes just as much of the fear or the, or the, or the threat that eventually humans will turn on each other. Well, I think a big part of that goes into, yeah, let people in, but you got to protect yourself too. So multiple buildings, locks on the doors. Okay, you're staying over there. I'm staying over here. Probably even have to have outside locks on a lot of them. So where, you know, what if what if somebody dies in their sleep? Do they come back a zombie and then kill everybody because they're in? And that, and that was one thing. So again, going back to Walking Dead, they at one point they were in a prison, and so everybody just stayed in a cell. So if they turned, they were in a, confined to a cell. 
I found that interesting. Yeah, and and that was also a good example of a, a fortified building mm-hmm. that was difficult to get in and out of. With a lot of open space that they were able to turn into farmland, and they had pigs and stuff that they had there, and yeah, that that's actually another really good plan. But also going back to who do you let in, who might you want to keep, I mean, then it comes back to the, again, classic, more like post-apocalyptic survival type things of some people like a nurse and a doctor would be more valuable than a computer nerd like me. What the hell am I going to do? Yeah, you're going to die. I'm going to die. But I mean, like if, if I was just wandering around, rescuing me is not as much of a priority as rescuing bigger guys, younger, bigger guys that are strong. Oh, those those could be soldiers for us or defenders for us. Oh, workers. A doctor or nurse, workers. Oh, farmers, you know how to grow stuff? Hey, we need you. Yeah. So there would have to be like a priority list of what skills do you have? What supplies do you have? What, what are you bringing to the table beyond just the, hey, you're another human and we should save you because you're another human? You know, you keep bringing up doctors and nurses and like the medical thing part of it. And I understand that. But at the same time, the medicines that we have are only going to last for so long. So really, the medical staff is only really going to be good for maybe a few years. And then after that, they're just another mouth if they don't do anything else. True. Well, then you have the other like dark pseudo somewhat dark element of I think it was it was in the 28 movies. I don't know if it was 28. I think it was 28 weeks later. Maybe, I don't know, it was 28 days later or 28 weeks later. And one of those movies, they rescued a group that included women because they wanted to make sexual slaves out of the women because they needed to make babies because they needed to repopulate the human population. Yeah. So it got dark and that thing. It's like, we need women too because we need to make more people. <laughs> So that also, I guess, maybe factors into the equation, too. It's like, are you just trying to live yourself for a couple of years? Or are you trying to actually... I think you got to set up stability before you start going that route. Well, yeah, because again, babies are going to be relatively useless until they're at least 10. <laughs> nah, I'd say more like five or six, but... Five or six, yeah. And so, I mean, so they're going to be where they're basically a mouth to feed and also makes it difficult to but also take hands away from helping because they got to care for the kids and watch them and stuff mm-hmm. yeah so yeah some of that comes down into like basic survival stuff which then becomes in in the case of tv shows and movies the added element for i guess you could call it more entertainment value the threat of the zombies plus the action sequences of fighting the zombies and trying to find ways to kill the zombies yeah. and that type of stuff yeah. Yeah. We're getting into it and all this stuff and we keep going back to Walking Dead. And I think the reason is because Walking Dead just seems to be the most realistic. I would agree. Of like, what skills would you need? How would you be able to rebuild? What would be the threats? What I think they go overboard with the, the people being the threats and having the rival groups. Because I really think if if you've gotten to a point where you're, you've survived something like that, you're going to realize working together is the best policy. Maybe a Negan group that's going around and like just taking people's stuff for protection. I could kind of see that group. But otherwise, it's kind of, oh, you have stuff and I want your stuff, but you're continually making stuff, whereas I will run out if I just take it and kill you. So why don't I join you and help you? And then we both win. 
Which is also why I didn't see the prequel series and I don't know the comic book, but going back to one of the things you had said earlier, the one thing that they'd sort of jump over is the apocalypse happened and in a relatively short time, the entire planet's overrun. Yeah. You would think that in the early days of the zombie apocalypse, they would have at least been able to establish some stable settlements that were well protected and stuff like that. And it wouldn't be just a complete wide open wasteland. But you haven't seen the entire world, I guess, is the cheat you could say with The Walking Dead. But That's where, to me, Resident Evil got interesting. Those movies uh, showing how it initially was contained and then how it could slowly spread and then eventually take over the world. So I guess for me, actually, Resident Evil was probably actually the first zombie movie I watched. And really don't because I just had no interest in zombie movies. But I really liked Mila Jovovich. So I watched that, and, and I mean, it was based off the video games, so I'm like, okay, that might be cool. I mean, it wasn't actually until Shaun of the Dead that I actually started wondering or thinking about zombies at all, and started watching some of the other movies. But I, I like how now the newer movies are more looking at how could it spread, how is it not easily contained, how could like one person that's infected ac- accidentally get through or something like that. That makes it a little more believable and realistic to me. And like you said, now the effects are a little bit more realistic. And I think that's kind of feeds into, you mentioned earlier about the fear, you know, fear of the dead, fear of being dead, fear of dead bodies, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's really kind of tapping into that because we can see it and it's a little more realistic and it's getting us to think, okay, what, what would I do? What could I do? Could I do anything? Do you ever lie awake at night, way too late, thinking about what you're going to do? In a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. No. Well, that explains why you don't have a plan. <laughs> well, because I assume I'll just die. It's like, again, I have no survival plan for any survival scenarios. It's like, I'm I'm doomed no matter what the scenario is. Oh, come on. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless somebody saves you. I mean, again, in my scenario, if I were to like pick you up on the way to the farm, you would be able to help. Oh, Yeah. And I guess that's what also would play into the, and sometimes this happens in, in some of the TV shows and movies, the people, the people who are able to survive are also people who are, who are able to adapt to a new reality. Like me, I would be like, okay, uh, don't give me a gun because I'm just as likely to shoot myself or you accidentally, but I can do grunt work labor. Yeah. I can, yeah, it's, like, it's like, so I would be like, I'm not going to try to tell you that I know the best way to survive. Tell me what to do, how I can help, and I'll go do it. Right. Whereas the people who are like, no, I am used to being in charge, and I know what to do, those people get killed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think with you, I'd be like, okay, here's a shovel. You start digging the ditch, and I'll, I'll be the lookout. Exactly. It's like, I can do grunt work like that, but yeah, I would be useless of giving me a gun. It's like, oh, shoot the zombies. It's like, yeah, that would be a waste of ammunition. <laughs> would you, what would be your weapon of choice? Assuming you were good with weapons. I'm not. I mean, a gun is probably about the only thing you could give me. Like, I would be, you give me a machete or an axe or something like that. It's like, maybe, maybe I take out one zombie before I get killed. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, but if you put me up on like a, a watchtower with a, a rifle and I wouldn't hit a lot because I'm, I'm not very good with guns, but I could take out a couple I'd have Maybe. a better chance at being helpful with a gun 
But any type of like hand-to-hand combat <laughs> situation. I also can't run. So, I mean, again, me like on the ground with a melee weapon, I'm dead immediately. Again, yeah. maybe if I get incredibly lucky, I take one with me. Or, again, in a sort of self-sacrifice scenario, if you can give me a, a grenade or a vest of dynamite or something and have me use me as bait to lure the zombies in and then I blow myself up and take a bunch of them out... That's about the only other thing I could do. Yeah, I would say you with a gun would actually be more of a hindrance because you're going to attract more than you're going to kill. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. It's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably take out more zombies with a gun than I would with a, with another weapon. But yeah, my I would miss more than I would hit. And other than using me as distraction or a bait, it's like, well, if they're over there trying to climb up that tower, trying to get to Jim who's only killing like one or two zombies out of every 10 because he can't shoot. That's yeah. So a gun would be about the only, but even then it's limited going back to what you were saying before. It's like eventually I would run out of ammunition. Yeah. But the only weapon that would even make remote sense for me would be a gun. What about you? Yeah. I think, I think guns would be good at first, especially with skulls the way they are. You know, you could try to use a machete, but you're probably not going to make it through the skull all the way enough to fully do much. Uh, for me, I think some sort of mace, because that's going to do enough blunt force trauma, be easily swingable, one-handed. Yeah, if you were attacked by just like two or three zombies, and you had a mace, you could take care of business. Yeah, or at least get yourself in a situation where you're funneling them in, so you only have to take care of one at a time. Yeah, then that might be something that would be doable. Yeah, I mean, if it's a big, if it's a big enough group of zombies, and you're in a indefensible position you're eventually going to die anyway. and say so, yeah there's there's nothing you can do at that point unless again like you said had a self-sacrifice with a grenade or something i'm kind of out of things you got anything else no i mean that's about it i mean like you said the the realism and fear probably with whether it's the improvement in cinematography and, and tv and and film technology to make the in this case the zombie monsters more believable some more dedication to the writing. Like, again, like a lot of monster movies used to be B-level uh, B-movies, so it was not good actors, not good writing. Now we're seeing across a lot of genres, you know, better writing, more stories, more thoughts, and people trying to do different things. So they've become more realistic movies and maybe a, a more fearsome creature, but still not my go-to genre not even probably my go-to subgenre of horror, but zombies. Yep, zombies. I would be very interested interested to hear other people's zombie apocalypse plan. There's one more movie that I kind of want to give a shout out to. That's another. It's more of a comedy, but The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Oh, I never saw that. It's, it's pretty funny. It's basically a group of nerd friends that were Boy Scouts that. The zombie apocalypse happens and they MacGyver their way through surviving it. And you know, of course, there's a beautiful girl that they have to protect and win her over and whatnot, of course. But it's entertaining to me anyways. IMDb has it as a 6.3 out of 10. So maybe it's not very good, but I found it entertaining. A couple other movies, I guess, to bring up. We both recently watched The Dead Don't Die. Yes. Yeah, that wasn't very... That, it was very meta, and they, they tried to work that into being a good comedy and, and thoughtful, but it failed, I think. Yeah, it, it was a very meta movie, and I didn't enjoy it. So yeah, it's, it's something that's like, I don't know if they were trying to make fun of the fact that the genre is overdone, 
But yeah, I I didn't enjoy it at all. It was an excruciating movie. I mean, it takes so long for things to happen, and then it doesn't actually go anywhere. And the the jokes that they tried to make jokes weren't funny. Yeah, it's very meta and very deadpan. Yeah. And they weren't funny. So yeah, it's... The deadpan I was fine with, but it was... The setup for the jokes were so obvious that I said the joke before they did. Yeah. And I could see where it would be seemingly very entertaining if you were making it. But then, I don't know, I guess by the time you found out that it wasn't good, they're like, well, now we've already made it, so we might as well put it out. But, yeah, I don't know, man. That, that one wasn't great. I guess a couple questions that we talked about, like, I Am Legend, you said, was originally supposed to be zombies, but really they were more like vampires in the movie. Yeah, I think the, and I could be wrong about that, I think the book that that's what but i mean the book itself i think it goes back i think the 1950s i think the book was even part of the motivation for night of the living dead so i think it was even part of george romero's motivation to make that movie although in that movie in fairness the term zombie is never used okay in the night of the living dead so i don't even know if the term zombie was probably even used in i am legend so it was it was probably just it was later that the that that term became used to describe them as the reanimated corpses. Yeah, I just Googled it, and it says the original book is a a 1950s-era book when zombies as we know it didn't even exist yet. So in the book, they're basically vampires. So yeah, and that's probably closer to what the characters will like in the movie adaptations that they did for that. And then uh, Evil Dead. Are they vampires? Are they they just ghouls? or, Or what's... Yeah, I guess they're... Yeah, It's I mean, more of a possession type thing. That, and I mean, they are... Or demons. Reanimated. Yeah, they're reanimated skeleton corpses Well, that's thing. that's just in the in Army of Darkness. Yeah, that's true. And that one, I could kind of see those maybe is, but they're more... It's more of a demonic possession magic type thing. Yeah, there's like a... Like the subcategory of like supernatural... Not the show. Supernatural, paranormal, magic type yeah. thing. Whereas the more recent movies of the last 10, 20 years or so have gone more in the science fiction side of things, sci-fi fantasy side of things, and more towards like the biological pathogen side of things than that original thing. So yeah, there are some things that technically are more generic. Even things like, um, was it uh, Winona Earp? Oh, They're revenants. Yeah. So they're not technically zombies, but they are... They're, the dead brought back to life. Yeah, but they're more like demon-possessed dead. Yeah. Yeah. So again, so there are things that fit into that that aren't technically zombies as we know them. Do you uh do you know anything about The Last of Us? No. Okay, that's a that's a video game where basically it's zombies have taken over. There's compounds in different areas where they're trying to figure out a cure and whatnot. And there's a little girl that seems to be immune. She doesn't turn. And so they're trying to, the game is, you're trying to take her from one area to another area through all of the wasteland in order to get her to somewhere where they can try to develop a cure based off her blood. They are working on making that an HBO series. Okay, yeah, that was a not fully developed thread that's been in some of the movies we mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah, I was going to mention it earlier when you were talking about that, but... Yeah, somewhere, the idea of that there's a way to make a cure, or there are some people who are immune, and something like that. And again, other than iZombie, again, is, is this the easiest one to keep falling back on? The whole idea, because it was just an interesting concept, the yeah. fact of someone being turned into a zombie... 
and then being brought back to being human or, or staying cognizant of, of what they are and, and that type of stuff is usually not, especially if it's a movie, it's usually much more straightforward because it's a movie and it's not a lot of time. And it's just the zombies are just these, yeah. you know, undead monsters type of things. Yeah. So, and again, the other generic, because it's, it's generically everything. Have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? Uh, I don't remember. I liked it. It's okay. I've been told by people who really love the horror genre that it's an amazing movie because it's a movie that basically pays homage to pretty much every genre of horror movies. So there are zombies very, very briefly in that because there's basically a little bit of everything in that movie. Hmm. So there's a lot of things that you wouldn't care. Like there's there's like a whole bunch of stuff in that movie that went right over my head. They're making reference to something that I don't understand. But it was still enjoyable not having seen it. Gotcha. Not knowing what they were referencing did not take anything away from the movie. But other people have told me that if you watch a lot of horror movies, you would love Cabin in the Woods because of the the references that they make to so many movies and so many genres uh, in that movie. Yeah. But for me, it was just an entertaining movie. Fair enough. Well, for uh, in conclusion, for me, I guess for movies wise, I like the comedy style zombie movies. I'm okay with the movie styles, but they're more of a idea based. Like I'm more interested in the ideas than I am the actual movies. I like the TV shows that are world building and they get to expand on what the world would be like. And I think it's most interesting in video game form when you're actually put in the place of surviving. I would agree. Like just like anything in the horror genre, if you want me to watch it, if it's a movie, I would prefer it to be a comedy, because that because that's my general go to mix with horror. And if it's a if it's something beyond that, like you said, that has world building or some premise, I would rather have it be explored in a television series. But it would still have to be just like anything else, something that is at least trying to do something either unique or at least something that is. Worthy of being done with a television series that there are characters and stories to tell and building out the world and it doesn't fall into, which is difficult with TV shows, they fall into repetitive cycles very easily as well. But yeah, if you were to ask me to watch a zombie thing, I would be much more inclined to watch a zombie movie and get it over and done with. I do like comedy would be my first go to. My second would be what I would call the action sci-fi thing, which would be kind of like the video game type format because then it's just basically a action movie with monsters all right so i would i would watch one of those too but again generally speaking horror is never a go-to genre for me at all but it has to be blended either comedy or action yeah for me to have any interest zombie or otherwise but especially zombie stuff all right well thank you jim and please let us know what your zombie apocalypse plan is so we can alter ours or just know where to go to get supplies and since I'm the one who will definitely die, can I stay in your bunker if you have a really good idea? Theirs, not mine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not yours, Mike. <laughs> I mean, listeners, if you have a bunker that I could stay, stay in and you could save me, I would appreciate that. Yeah, save Jim. I'll even volunteer to be a test subject to test out the cure. So if you needed like a human guinea pig to test out the zombie cure on, I, I would be good in that capacity too. I volunteer Jim to be your concubine too. That would not be good for the future of the human race. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we've talked this topic to death. Oh, yeah, we're not bringing this one back to life. 
Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.